Welcome back to another episode of the Shag Sports Talk Podcast. This is episode 32 of the Shag Sports Talk Podcast, and we're back here with another episode here on this Sunday night edition of the Shag Sports Talk Podcast. You're going to be reacting to NFL Week 2 games. Seattle goes into Detroit and upsets the Lions. Also, the Ravens go on the road to Cincinnati, AFC North rivalry. They also upset the Bengals as well. So you had some upsets in the one o'clock slot, or in the one o'clock slot, and then the four o'clock slot. Dallas beats up on the Jets. Giants come back from about twenty nothing against the Cardinals. Rams play a competitive game against the 49ers. and then the first game we're going to react to was Sunday Night Football: Dolphins Patriots. As the Patriots lose another home game to a really good Dolphins team, and we'll talk about my thoughts and opinions on that game as well in a, just in a little bit. So. Without further ado, I don't want to waste any more time. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Okay, so let's talk about our first game. We're going to talk about the Sunday Night Football game, then we'll react to the 1 o'clock games. Miami. The Miami Dolphins go into Foxborough and beat the New England Patriots 24-17. to Let's talk about it. This game was kind of boring. Dolphins lit them up in the second quarter. Nothing really happened in the third. And then the fourth quarter, New England woke up, but it was, again, too little, too late, right? And this has kind of been the theme with the Patriots. You look at the game versus Philadelphia. You take away that pick six and Zeke fumble. I understand it's two turnovers, but the pick six just was, like, weird. It was, like, off the hands of receiver and picked off and takes it 70 yards the other way. And then Zeke just doesn't protect the ball, fumbles, basically hands the Eagles seven points. Take those two plays out of it. New England is 1-0. And if you look at tonight, if you take out that second quarter where Mac Jones gets picked before the half, they get three points, and or they actually score, they score seven points because Tyreek Hill got the touchdown on the Mac Jones interception. You look at it all, right? It's the little things with the Patriots, and it's weird because Belichick is so key in on details where you look at him and you say, oh, well, he wouldn't mess that up, right? Well, you're wrong. He, His team sucks with the details. They do. Uh, numerous false start penalties. Their offensive line I didn't think was that good tonight. Miami got pressure whenever they wanted. Vic Fangio is not a big uh, blitz guy. He doesn't send a lot of pressure, but he sent a lot of pressure tonight because New England's offensive line could not hold up. Let's talk about the Patriots. Mac Jones was 31 out of 42 for 231 yards, one touchdown and an interception. Ramondre Stevenson had 15 carries for about 50 yards of the touchdown. And then Mac Jones was kind of just spreading the ball around to a bunch of different guys. Parker with six receptions. Hunter Henry with six receptions. Gasecki with five. Bourne with four. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster with five. There's a lot of killer penalty. Uh, there's a lot of killer stuff with the New England Patriots. I'll give you an example. Miami goes down on their second drive after New England punts after like a four-minute drive. Okay. New England gets the ball. They're putting in a nice two-minute drive or so, and they're getting in. They're about to score. Mac Jones does a dump off. Receiver doesn't protect the ball. They lose the ball. Turnover. Miami goes down and scores. Stuff like that. Stuff like that for the Patriots. Things that they typically, when Brady was there, and when they were winning Super Bowls, that stuff wasn't happening. They go down and get a field goal, right? So Miami's up 3 nothing. Then you're about to go score at least three points, maybe even seven when New England is driving down the field, and then you fumble. And then the end of half, he throws a pick, right? Field goal touchdown. Boom. Killer. Absolute killer. 
I mean, there's there's so many killers for the New England Patriots. They blocked the field goal in the second half. Mac Jones throws the interception. I, I was trying to allude to the third quarter interception, but I accidentally said halftime. New England puts out one of the greatest plays I've ever seen in terms of special teams. They send the guy in the corner, runs in full speed, blocks the kick, and they are set up in great field position. They're going to get three points. Mac Jones throws an interception in the red zone. Then they punt. Three and out punt. So, like, it doesn't even matter anyways. Took a chance away of having three points. Then they go down and score. They score a touchdown. Tua throws an interception. Tua throws an interception. We'll talk about him in a second. New England three and out punt. Dolphins go down the field. Bam, touchdown. Because Christian Gonzalez picked it off near the 20. He gets sacked for, like, a 10-yard loss. They're in, they're deep in the territory. And then Raheem Mostert busted a touchdown. That really sealed the deal. Miami misses a field goal because Tua can't uh, hold on to a snap. And then, which I thought was the craziest play of the game, fourth down, you got to have it. Jones throws a lollipop to Mike Gusecki. Gusecki gets, he's sure of the first down. He takes the ball and he laterals it to Cole Strange. And the only video that is surfacing in my mind when I saw that, uh, that play live was Sean McVay talking about uh, Cole Strange when he was about to select Cole Strange, when the Patriots actually took Cole Strange. So here's the video. Oh, my UT Chattanooga to the first round. Hey, where is... How about that? And we wasted our time watching him thinking he'd be at 104, hey. maybe. <laughs> really? That's the only video that I think of when I see Sean McVay and Cole Strange. It's the only video when... You talk about Cole Strange is that video of Sean McVay, NFL draft, Patriots take Cole Strange and his priceless reaction. But he came up like an inch, literally an inch short of the first down marker. And that was your game. Uh, Dolphins, hang on and win the game 24-17. Let's talk about the Dolphins. They're going to lose a game this year. Look, Dolphins are 2-0 and they look like one of the 5-10 best teams in football. Let me be completely honest. They're probably in the five range. I'd say the 49ers. I wouldn't say the Chiefs have played better through the two games so far. I would say 49ers, uh, 49ers, Dallas. 49ers, Dallas. We'll go Philadelphia. That like It's like four teams that have actually played better than the Miami Dolphins so far. They look really good. But I'm going to tell you this. As much as I like Tua and when he's healthy and stuff, they're gonna lose the game this year because they can't they're gonna have problems with the with the snap. Uh they had problems with the last week versus the Chargers, and they had problems this week. Third down, you're gonna probably pick up the first down because New England can't stop you. And you fumble the snap. That was all on Tua. And drop the snap. They lose yards. Knock Sanders back a few yards. He misses the kick. Patriots have a chance to go tie the game or even win it. Stuff like that is going to accumulate over time when you play a team like Buffalo in, in uh, at Buffalo where, you know, you got to be perfect if you're going to go in there and win. When you play the Eagles at the link on Sunday Night Football in about a month. Stuff like that. Denver, maybe. The Chiefs. They got a very light schedule. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Outside the two Bills games that they got, the Eagles and the Chiefs, the rest of their games are very winnable. They could win 12 games and win the division. I would not be surprised at that at all. 
Because as we saw from the Bills, I kind of think the Dolphins are better than the Bills right now. I'm going to be completely honest. I think they're a step ahead when you look at just the talent and the way they've been playing. I think the Dolphins are two steps ahead of the Bills right now. But I want to talk about something that really got me going in that Dolphins-Patriots game in the fourth quarter. So there was a play where Tua fakes a play action. They send Tyreek in motion, fakes to Tyreek. He's going to throw down the seam to Jalen Waddle. And he throws like a lollipop, an absolute lollipop. And Waddle has to jump up and go make the catch, right? And there's a safety flying and making sure he doesn't catch the ball. So he comes in with his shoulder and leans with his head. And as he's going to the ground, because he goes low, as he's falling to the ground, he hits him and they call a flag. That is absolute nonsense. Because how many times are we going to watch professional NFL college. I mean, you saw at the college level, there's an LSU guy who literally just ran down to sh- like leaned to his crown of his helmet and his shoulder and just absolutely ran over Mississippi state. Uh, I think it was Mississippi or Mississippi state. One of those teams. Uh, it's like d- defensive back. And he just absolutely ran him over. And look, that's fine. I have no problem with that. That that's football, but calling a penalty like that in a big moment and just like, it just doesn't sit right with me. Cause if you ever played safety, so if something's gonna like go over the middle, like you, you're gonna come up and you're gonna hit the guy, right? Like these guys are allowed to like lean with their head and block and all this other stuff, and they're allowed to run with their shoulder down and run over someone. But God forbid a safety comes up and absolutely lights up a receiver. It's a flag. I I just don't get that. It makes no sense. You have to even the playing field because you can't call a penalty like that. And it killed the game because the game the first down it killed like three minutes off the clock, and at the end of the day, Patriots lost the game because one of the, like that call cost them two minutes. Cost them two minutes. Um, so one of the things I want to talk about the Patriots, and then we'll head we'll head to the week one or week two reactions is Mac Jones. He's good. Don't get me wrong, but one of the problems I have with him is the way he throws the ball. Threw the ball forty two times, which is rare. Rare. Brady barely did that as well. What I have a problem with is the way he throws the ball. And it's not his, like, mechanics. It's the way he, like, he, he throws it with air. Like, he doesn't throw, like, you watch Herbert or Mahomes, they zip the ball. Burrow zips the ball. Even Lamar zips the ball. When he throws the ball, I watched, like, a bunch of his dropbacks in the fourth quarter, and he's, like, lofting it. And one of those is bound to get picked off and ran back for six. Having to Joe Burrow. He didn't run it back for six, but he ran it out to, like, cross the 50-yard line. They're on the goal line. He lost one. And the safety just came up and just picked it off and almost ran it back. That's one of my problems with Mac Jones is that, like, he just, he's got to fire the ball. Fire it. Uh, but Sunday night game was really good, uh, to be honest with you. I liked the Sunday night game a lot. It was a, bit, a lot better than last week. You got Steelers Raiders next week. I hope to be back same time and stuff. So that'll do it for the Sunday night recap. We're going to head into the NFL Week 2 Sunday slate of games and all that good stuff. We'll react to those games. We'll be right back, and we'll be back with uh, week two. Okay, let's start off with our Sunday games. We'll start off with Bills Raiders. This was an absolute butt whooping. Bills laid it down on the Raiders, thirty-eight to ten at home at Orchard Park, wherever they call it now, in Buffalo. Let's talk about it. Josh Allen, he was really good, thirty-one out of thirty-seven, two seventy-four and three touchdowns. James Cook had a hundred yards rushing. They had one hundred eighty-three yards rushing as a team. The receiving core was actually pretty balanced. It was a balanced game from the Bills. Six receptions for Davis, seven receptions for Diggs, five to Kincaid, four for Cook, 
One to Shakir, that was a touchdown, three to Knox. Very balanced game from the Bills' passing attack. Defensively, they were getting after it. Taylor Rapp forced a fumble and recovered it. Matt Milano had an interception. He literally just took the ball out of the running back's hands for an interception. The Bills' defense is one of the best units in football. It is. They have one of the best. They have like one of the five or ten best defenses in football. They have a really good defense. The problem is there's a lot of really, really good defenses. Like we'll talk about the Cowboys later. They have a really good defense. We'll talk about the Niners later. They have a really good defense. Jets, same thing. There's a lot of really good defenses in the NFL. I just don't know where the Bills rank in terms of defenses, but it's definitely one of the better units in football. I mean, they made Jimmy Garoppolo's life a living hell. And here's the problem with the Raiders, right? Garoppolo, 16 out of 24 for 185 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Once they get behind, they're done. They're done. It's really hard for them to overcome and have a comeback because they have a game manager at quarterback. There's nothing wrong with a game manager. The problem is, is once you're down, can they come back? That's the only problem that you're going to have. Bills, roll at home. They need a week one win or week two win at home. They got it. They're one and one to start the season. Let's get to our next game. Ravens-Bengals. Let's talk about it because this is a game that I was thinking that the Bengals were going to absolutely rout the, Ra- the Ravens. This was a game that Baltimore looked really good in week one since he's at home. Home opener week two versus division rival. Can't go 0-2, and, and they go 2-0, and and potentially the Browns also go 2-0. We talked about this on the podcast earlier, uh, yesterday. We talked about this exactly yesterday. You can't get behind the 8-ball, especially in this division. In the AFC West, you can get behind the 8-ball if you're the Chiefs. You want to know why? Because Chargers can't do their job, Raiders and Broncos all can't do their jobs. So you can get behind the 8-ball. In this division, you can't, because you want to know why? Because all four teams are pretty damn good. They are all really, really good. Ravens, they scored the first touchdown of the game. They absolutely drove right down the field. It's like an eight-minute drive, and they score. And at that point, they never looked back. They had an 81-yard punt return. That seems a little fluky. They respond with two field goals. They trade field goals back and forth. They go up 13-10 at half, the Ravens. Burrow goes out of the second half after playing like absolute shit for... However it was from the first half, they literally did nothing in the first half. Absolutely nothing. Come out in the second half, and you're like, oh, here, here we go. We're going to build some momentum. Nope, throws a pick. Absolutely kills all momentum. Took the air out of the stadium. Took all the energy out of the stadium. Everything. Everything just went to, went to bed after that. Andrews scores a touchdown. T. Higgins, he answers back. Lamar finds Aguilar for a touchdown, and then T. Higgins again later in the game, but at that point, the game was over because they couldn't stop the Ravens all night. So about the Ravens? So, I, I doubted Lamar earlier on in the season. I was like, you know, how good is this team? You know, you're relying on a rookie receiver to be a, a high-impact player. That's tough. He looks really damn good. He looks really good. He's 4-62. He almost had a touchdown. Nelson Aguilar was a lead, leading receiver take. He was 5-63 in a touchdown. Andrews, I think, was 5-45 in a touchdown. Lamar was spreading the wealth all around today. He was very, very good. He did a lot with his arm. He did a lot with his legs today. I mean, do the Bengals know how to put a QB spy on? I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I was watching that game. That was one of the four games I was intently watching. The four games I was really intently watching were Ravens, Bengals, Chiefs, Jaguars, the Charger game, and I'd probably say the Seahawks. I was popping in in the Packer games, the Bears, and all in the Colts game. I didn't really watch the Colts game, but I watched everything else for the most part. But those are the four games. Bengal game, Chiefs, Chargers, and then the Seahawks. 
I mean, God forbid, could they put a QB spy on Lamar? I mean, how many times is it going to be second and 30 and he runs for 25 yards and it's like, oh, back to third and five? Like, every time. It happened every time. Oh, get him to second and 25. Up, he gets a 25-yard rush and it's a first down. I mean, it happened every single time. And, okay, they didn't get it that time. Oh, there's another hole. Okay, second and 30. He runs for 25 again. Okay, now it's third and five. doesn't even matter. Basically, what I'm trying to say is when the Ravens were put in a disadvantage because of penalties, because they had a lot of them today on the offensive line, when he had a lot of those penalties, they didn't capitalize on any of those. Any of those. As a defensive coordinator, you want to be, you know, you want to put the offense behind the sticks, right? So third and long, not third and short, right? Every time, second and 25, get to 20-yard game, back to third and five. And basically, now your offense, if you're on their side of the field, it's two-down territory. So... The Ravens, they did a fantastic job offensively. With a banged-up secondary, they shut down T. Higgins and Jamar Chase for most of that game. Let's talk about the Bengals. I'm going to go on a little bit of rant here, and I'm sorry if that's the case, but I have to hear. What the hell is wrong with the Bengals? I mean, Jesus Christ. First game, you want to give them an excuse? Fine. AFC North divisional opponent on the road, pouring rain conditions versus a really good defensive line with a bad offensive line. Good D-line, bad O-line with a quarterback that's not really mobile. You're getting bad vibes there, okay? Good running team. They pounded the rock. They got smacked around. Okay, you come back for week two. You're home. You're hosting your divisional rival. And they're the team that comes out flat. Really? Really? After all those games, Burrow missing the throws and all this stuff. Look, I understand Burrow had a calf injury, but he was awful before that even happened. He re-aggravated his calf in the fourth quarter, like third, fourth quarter. He was awful. He was awful before that even happened. The pick was awful. He floated a ball into triple coverage, got picked off. Safety flew in, made a play, took it over across the 50-yard line. Drive killer, took all the energy out of the crowd. It was awful. And what's wrong with their defense? I mean, they, they hype up this defense and this defensive corner like it's some, like, awesome thing they sucked today they sucked anytime they needed to stop they couldn't get it like i'm sorry their defense sucked today and yesterday or last week wasn't good either last week it was not good either they got the ball ran all over them by nick chubb deshaun watson how many times are gonna let him out of the pocket i mean chubb ran for over 100 yards in week one they were awful watson had 50 yards and a touchdown rushing the ball I mean, how many times are they going to let a running quarterback just get out of the pocket and run for 20 yards? I mean, Jesus. There's a thing called a QB spy. You can do that every once in a while. Also, their biggest problem is, is that, like, their D-line isn't good, so they got, like, no push up front. Like, today, Ravens are missing Linderbaum and Stanley, two of their best offensive linemen. And you're saying, oh, Bengals got some pass rushers. They should get some pressure on Lamar today. Nope. He had every moment to throw the ball that he possibly could have had. Like, it was just, like, it was incredible to me. He had all day to throw the ball. All day. They got no pressure whatsoever. Absolutely zero pressure. And Lamar standing in the pocket for 25 seconds. Okay, then I'll take off for 20 yards. Oh, there's a holding? Okay, I'll just do that again. It happened every single time. And look, everyone wants to make an excuse. Oh, well, Zach Taylor's and plays guys in the preseason. Well, start playing your guys in the preseason because your team sucks. Your team sucks. It's just that simple. And you're 0-2, and we talked about this on the podcast. You can't get behind the eight ball. And what did they do today? They got behind the eight ball in the division. You're two games back of the Browns, potentially. And you're now definitely two games back of the Ravens. It's more like three because you have to beat them twice. They have tiebreaker. 
So really, unless if they go on some crazy win streak in the next six weeks, they're probably not seeing that division first place, first place in the division to probably mid-November just because of that. So, and look, people think, oh, they're six and a half point favorites to Rams. The Rams are not going to be a rollover. They're not going to be a rollover. With the bad offensive line with Aaron Donald rushing the passer, telling you this now, that's going to be a closer game than people think. People think that the Bengals will roll the Rams. They should. They should. They got the talent. There's no excuses. But again, how many times are you going to go through this? The offense was non-existent. Joe Burrow was awful today, right? And they did exactly what we talked about that they could not afford to do. And what was that? Get behind the eight ball in the division. Because you're playing in a division with the Ravens, who, when Lamar's healthy, they're contenders in the AFC. So, as long as he stays healthy, they're going to be a really, really good team. And you're probably, you know, you're going to be neck and neck with the division. Now you're two games back. You're more like three because of the tiebreaker. So you're behind the eight ball on the Ravens, and now you're potentially behind the eight ball on the Browns, depending on what happens on Monday night. So this game is a killer for them. This game is an absolute killer. And once they went, they took eight minutes off the drive, uh, t- took eight minutes off the clock on the first drive of the game, went down and scored with Gus Edwards. They never really made it a game offensively. For a secondary that was banged up, for the Ravens, no Marlon Humphrey, no Marcus Williams. They were really disappointing with two really good receivers in Chase and Higgins. I don't really know what the problem with the Bengals is, but they got to figure it out quick because the AFC is really good. Their division's really good, especially. And this they're not like the Chiefs where they can afford to go home to because they play in a division where three of their teams can't get the job done. Broncos, 0-2. Chargers, 0-2. Raiders, 1-1. They can't afford to get behind the eight ball here. And... They let everyone down this week. So I'm sounding the alarms on the Bengals. I'm really concerned, and they better figure this out quick because their season could turn south pretty quickly. Let's talk Chiefs-Jaguars. So we talked about this on the podcast. They signed Chris Jones for a one-year deal. Travis Kelsey comes back, and this was a defensive clinic from the Kansas City Chiefs. Lawrence was 22 out of 41, 216 yards. Christian Kirk had 11 receptions for 110 yards. This was a defensive battle from start to finish. Mahomes got picked off early on in the game. The changing point in this game, the, the, the thing that changed the entire game, it's fourth down. Chiefs are struggling. They can't do anything right right now. And they, no joke, hand, literally handed a touchdown to the Chiefs. Doug Peterson tries to get cute, going for it on their own side of the 50-yard line. They don't get it. Mahomes goes down within a minute right before the half, scores. Now they got the lead. Now you gave Mahomes the lead going into halftime with them getting the ball coming out first. And Mahomes goes down the field, puts a four-minute drive in, throws it to Kelsey. They just couldn't score a touchdown today. The changing point in the game was when Doug Pearson went to go for it on fourth down. Trevor Lawrence was not good today. He was very inaccurate with the football. Chris Jones was a monster today. We uh, today showed why Chris Jones is one of the best interior defensive linemen, I hope, for most people. Because if you watch that game, he's a huge X factor. If they don't have him, they don't win that game. It's that simple. Him and Travis Kelsey, they're, they're, they're like the entire team for Mahomes. They help out Mahomes so much. Defensively, he's the defensive anchor, and you basically have to double him because if you give him single coverage for a pass-blocking assignment, he's getting the sack. Let's talk about the offense. So, look, I'm still not really sold on the Chiefs yet. Look, 
They're going to be fine. They're probably going to be Super Bowl contenders. But we're talking like repeating. I just, I have a hard time seeing it. Look, I get it. Kelsey, he's great. He's going to solve Mahomes' problems with the offense a lot. I get it. I get it. They got Andy Reid. The defense is still going to be good. Going to Arrowhead's going to be tough. But I, I don't like what I'm seeing from them so far. It's it's odd. They'll they'll smack they'll smack around the Bears. They're probably beaten by like 16 points. They'll smack around the Bears next week. But you play a good defense in the Jets. You get the Vikings, Broncos, Chargers, Broncos, Dolphins, Eagles. That's like your schedule from now till almost December. It's a little concerning because one of the things I, I, I worried about was like, you know, the old Chiefs teams, like the team in 2020 that won the Super Bowl. Even the team that uh just recently, last year, Juju Smith-Schuster, he was a great wide receiver one. They don't got any like proven wide receivers. They're running tight ends at at like outside receiver. So when you look at the Chiefs, like they, they still got some offensive things to figure out. Chris Jones being on the defense definitely helps a lot. But at the end of the day, they still need to figure out some of the stuff within the offense. But I, I like this is a good win for the Chiefs. You go into Jacksonville, a team that's definitely was definitely ready for that game because that's a game where you're saying we lost this team in the playoffs. Let's make a statement to them saying, "Hey, we're here. You better you're going to come get us." And Chiefs answered the challenge and they answered the bell and they won a big game on the road. So congrats to the Chiefs. Chargers, Titans, and. I think we're in for another Brandon Staley rant. Okay, let's do it. Chargers lose 27-24 in overtime. Chargers are now 0-2. Let's let's just rant about the Chargers real quick. Look, if you guys don't know, Chargers are my second favorite team. My dad's a Charger fan. I, I'm a Charger fan. I refer Steelers first, Chargers second, okay? They are one of the hardest teams to possibly, possibly root for. And I was like, oh, Chargers minus two and a half? This looks easy to me, right? This looks too easy. And I was like, take it off the Shags five. It's not going to look good. Just take it off. I took it off. I didn't do it. I still went like one and three, or I went like two and three or whatever. I didn't do well this week. I had a losing week this week in, in Shags five. But regardless, the Chargers are a team that you just you just stay away from, right? Just don't go anywhere near them. Justin Herbert is dominating. They start off this game, listen to this, 11 to nothing. And I turn to my, you know, I'm watching a game with my family. I said, how are they going to lose this game this week, right? And my dad's like, oh, Tennessee, they can't get across the 50-yard line. Well, they got across the 50-yard line a few times because Brandon Staley's masterful defense let, lets up how many plays over the middle of the secondary, behind the secondary, like, how many times are we going to go through this with the Chargers? Brandon Staley sucks as a coach. Sucks. You are, I'm going to say this, you're behind the eight ball in this current NFL if you don't have an offensive coach, right? You're behind the eight ball. Look at all the teams with defensive coaches. Let, let's run through this. I want to make sure everyone understands this. Teams with defensive coaches, the Jets, their offense struggles because they don't have an offensive coach, but their defense is excellent, so they'll win games here and there. New England's behind the eight ball. Belichick, defensive-minded head coach. He tried last year to have an offensive or a defensive coordinator call offensive plays. They sucked. Look at all the teams that have defensive coaches. They have disadvantages offensively. So when you have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert, and you can think whatever you want, a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert, and you're giving him a defensive-minded head coach, 
Look what Mike McDaniel's doing with Tua. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, week one, he like they dominated. They dominated in this game. Absolutely dominated. And it's like kind of my problem. It's like you look at all the teams around. Look at all the teams with offensive coaches. Doug Peterson doing wonders for Trevor Lawrence, even though they lost that. Doing wonders. Uh, Andy Reid and Mahomes. Just go through all the teams. Uh, the Giants are a perfect example of this. Daniel Jones and Brian Dable. The list goes on and on. It's it's just, it's just so frustrating watching this. And they're 0-2. And you look at this team you say, wow, they really might have one of the best rosters in football. How the hell are they 0-2? I, I really don't know. I really don't know. Week 1, they lost to a good Dolphins team. Fine, whatever. Week 2, that is, that is as poor as it gets. They let up. Ryan Tannehill was 20 out of 24 for 246 and a touchdown. This elite defense he has absolutely choked and folded down the stretch of that game in the second half. Choked. And this is the problem. We talked about this. Having defensive-minded head coaches is putting you behind the eight ball and having you at a huge disadvantage. Look at Shanahan. Brock Purdy looks like a top-10 quarterback. And Justin Herbert, God forbid, 27 out of 41, 305 and two touchdowns. And it's I don't I don't really know when this is going to end with them. He should have been fired after the debacle, Jacksonville. Again, this is just another game where the Chargers are held back by their shitty head coach. That simple. Their head coach sucks. And until they want to fix that, you're going to get results like this and heartbreak after heartbreak. You have a franchise quarterback. Any NFL GM would be its wet dream to have a guy like Justin Herbert be their franchise quarterback. And you know what? Let's pair him up with a defensive-minded head coach. You know how stupid that is? You know how stupid that just is just to think about? How many times are we going to go through this and just keep punting yourselves? I mean, look, in the Spanos family, don't, don't even get me started. I mean, they had a chance. Let's be honest. They had a chance to hire Brian Dable. But they're like, you know what? Let's settle on a defensive-minded head coach with this big-arm franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. Let's settle on a defensive head coach for cheaper. That's what they did, and the consequences of that is what you're seeing on the field. So, until they want to fix that, it's going to be a long season for the Chargers. Packers-Falcons, let's get to it. Weird game, a lot of field goals, very sloppy. Jordan Love actually played really well. He was 14 out of 25, 150 for three touchdowns. 19 out of 32 for Ritter, 237, one touchdown, one pick. Brian uh, Bijan Robinson, man, whoo, man, is he good. How many times are we going to go through this, man? He is so good. He's a top 10 running back already. Like, I don't care. You can make an argument he's top five. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Did you watch some of those runs versus an elite Packers defense? Man, the way he hits the hole, his jump cuts, it's beautiful to watch. Any running back who wants to, you know, study a guy, you can watch Saquon. He's good. Nick Chubb, he's good. But watch Bijan Robinson. That, that, is, that is elite. He is elite at what he does. And he showed it today. Uh, the the Packers, they were, you know, again, they were at a disadvantage tonight or today with no, no, uh, no Aaron Jones, no Christian Watson, no David Bakhtiari. They were at a disadvantage today, and they only lost by one point. I think it's really promising what you're seeing with the Packers right now. And we'll talk about this later, but the Packers look really good, and they're going to give teams problems in the NFC. Elite defense, Lions not going to have an easy rollover in that division. Packers are going to be good, and the Falcons, 
they, I think they're the best team in the NFC South. I don't think New Orleans is all that good. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think New Orleans is all that good. I look at Atlanta, solid defense. They play solid. They play hard. And their offense is really good. They got a running quarterback who can get out of the pocket. It looks good. Seahawks, Lions. We're going to do three games, then we'll take a break for the four o'clock games. Seahawks, Lions. Seahawks win in overtime, 37-31. We predicted this on the podcast. I said, must-win game for Seattle. They got to go in here and get the job done. And they did. This game should have been won in regulation for Seattle. I mean, the missed field goals, Geno Smith saying, we're going to play Madden on third down, up three with the two-minute warning, you know, in the area. And he says, you know what? I'm going to run around and take a 30-yard sack. I mean, he literally almost cost him the game just with that sack because now he puts the punter literally standing, you know, out of the end zone to try to punt the ball. But Geno Smith played really well today. 32 out of 41, 328 yards and two touchdowns. Kenneth Walker, he didn't really do a lot with yards, but he had two touchdowns in the game. DK Metcalf, six for 75. Lockett, he also had a really, really good game as well. Eight of 59 and two touchdowns. Smith and Jigbo is five out of 34. Geno Smith played a really good game. A lot better than week one. A lot better than week one. You saw the progressions. Jared Goff, again, he was excellent. 28 out of 35, 323, three touchdowns. And then he had the one pick that was killer, the pick six to Diggs. That was absolute killer. It was Trey Brown on the pick six. That was a killer for this for the Lions. Getting back into the game, then you get the pick six, puts you down 10. Sucks. This game was amazing, though. I think this is the best game of the weekend by far. You talk about the Giants coming back. We'll talk about that in a little bit when we take our break. But this was a game that was, I think, up there for game of the week. Had to be. I mean, we'll see how the two primetime games goes because I'm recording this before uh, Sunday Night Football, Patriots and Dolphins. We'll do Patriots, Dolphins in the beginning because I'm pre-recording this. And then to close the show, we'll do all these 1 o'clock games like we're doing right now. But let's get to lines again. I mean, Khalif Raymond on the flea flicker from Goff, touchdown. Then Kenneth Walker answers with a touchdown. Got David Montgomery. And then the Seahawks missed two field goals. This game should have been like 23-21 heading into, or it should be like you know 14-13 heading into halftime. But instead, they're down seven. They come out. Montgomery fumbles. Kenneth Walker scores. David Montgomery comes back with a touchdown. Myers hits a field goal. Then Lock or Geno Smith on a huge third down finds Lockett for a touchdown. Then the pick six killed. They had a five minute drive score. Then they have a great kick return or a punt return ties the game. Geno Smith goes down the field for the win, and boom, Seattle goes into Detroit. Which, by the way, can we talk about that Detroit crowd? It was bumping in Detroit. That crowd was electric. They were loud. There were many instances where I, I turned up the TV. I was like, whoa, man, this crowd is loud tonight. Um, but they were – Seattle did exactly what I thought they were going to do. Four and a half points. That's a lot of points, especially for a Detroit team that's coming off a great win. I kind of said, I was like, ah, I don't really like this spot. I didn't put them in the Shacks 5, which I'm really mad about. I didn't put them in. I'm kind of pissed about that because that was the game I was really most confident in. and. It just didn't pay off at the end, I, and I messed that up. I should have put them in the Shags 5. I'm really upset about that. But Seattle, they were awesome offensively, and defensively, they were good. They had numerous uh, turnovers. They forced turnovers on Goff on fourth down, 
And he also had the fumble recovery. I understand he gave up 31 points, and you're like, ah, 31 points at 30, you know, versus the Rams. But, man, they looked really good out there. So, shout out to the Seahawks and the Lions. Look, one and one, you're hosting the Falcons. I think the Lions will win that game, but we'll talk about that game later on in the week. But a statement game for Seattle. Put them back on the map. Colts, Texans, I really didn't watch this game. I'm going to be completely honest with you. It's one of the games I didn't really care about. Anthony Richardson left the game with a concussion. He had two like 15-yard touchdowns to put him up 14-0. C.J. Stroud, though, was the highlight of this game. He almost threw for 400 yards. He was 30 out of 47, 384 yards and two touchdowns. Nico Collins had seven for 146 and a touchdown. Gardner Minshew came right in. Boom. Filled the gap like they needed. And the Colts get the first win of the season. Texans, look, C.J. Stroud was excellent today. C.J. Stroud was really, really good. He had almost 400 yards uh, passing. He was phenomenal. He was. And that's all I got to say about that game because I didn't really watch it at all. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Bears, Buccaneers. I actually did watch this game a little bit. And wow, do the Bears suck. They are awful, man. They are trash. Trash. Justin Fields is trash. Trash. Yes, he played like absolute shit today. Let's be honest. He was awful. Um... The pick six on a screen pass that was just like so nonchalant, and he just like lofted it literally to Shaq Barrett for a pick six. And then the other one was just he throws a little bit of a high ball. DJ, I think it was Claypool or DJ Moore. You got to catch the ball there, and he just literally ripped it out of the defender's hand. Uh, but he's just like, I don't, I don't really know what. He was holding the ball for too long today. He, uh, it was a big problem. It was a big problem. They're 0 2. And we talked about this. Their season's over. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I truly believe that. Because they're going to be 0-3, and they're not going into Kansas City and winning. Then you get Denver. And then you get the Commanders. Then you get the Vikings. There's no, like, easy game for them, really, here. And, and I understand that's what happens when you're one of the bottom five teams in the league. But they don't really have a Like, they're going to have to really work for some of these games. Tampa Bay, man. I mean, I, I could trash on fields and say he played awful and stuff. And that's... I can do that over and over again and say he's not a good passer. He did have some good moments here and there, but he did have two picks. But really what I'm really upset about is the defense. The defense was just awful. Baker Mayfield, he threw for 300 yards. Like Mike Evans almost had 200 yards receiving. Mike Evans is one of the slowest receivers in the NFL. Like I'm not even kidding. He is one of the slowest receivers in the NFL, and you let him get six receptions for 171 yards and a touchdown. I mean, Jesus Christ. He's slow. He's slow. And then there's there's no excuses. They've got no pressure on Mayfield. They made Mayfield look like Mahomes. Baker's okay quarterback. He's a serviceable quarterback. But they made him look like he was Mahomes, and he's not Mahomes. Trust me. He's an okay game manager quarterback. That's what he is. Defense was really good for them today. Shaq Barrett, Devin White, they all played very well. Bucks are 2-0, and they host the Eagles next week. Battle of undefeated. Philadelphia is a 6.5-point favorite next week on the road in Tampa Bay. I'd like to see how that game goes. But, man, the 1 o'clock slate was really good. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll break down the 4 o'clock games for you guys. We'll be right back breaking down the 4 o'clock games. Okay, so we got four games here. We'll start off with, I thought, the craziest game of the uh, the four o'clock slate commanders and Broncos. I had the Broncos minus the four and a half today. And 
They start off 21-3, and I was like, oh, here we go, baby. This is a easy money, easy lock. And everything just went went to hell after that, basically pretty much. Russell Wilson was dotting up the secondary commanders. Commanders got lit up in the secondary early. 60-yard pass, you know, everywhere you looked. Big play after big play. Russell Wilson looked awesome. Looked like he was in Seattle. They start off 21-3 to with nine minutes or so left in the second quarter. I'm like, oh, my God, they got this. They're going to run over the Washington Commanders and make a statement at home. Nope. Logan Thomas scores a touchdown. He got absolutely killed, by the way. They went for two and got it. They got a field goal at the end of the half, so they cut it to seven. So an 18-point lead got cut down to seven in about nine minutes. They went right down the field, scored. Russell Wilson gets picked. And just like that, the Commanders have the lead in the fourth quarter, 28-24. Then Brian Robinson runs it another touchdown, it's 35-24. Will Lutz goes down, gets a field goal. The defense holds its own for once, finally, in this game. They get the ball back. Russell Mil- Russell Wilson goes down the field to Brandon Johnson. He catches a Hail Mary from 50 yards for a touchdown. And you're saying, oh, they definitely will not. They'll definitely get this two-point conversion. Nope, you're wrong. Russell Wilson, again, misses Jerry Judy for the second game, I think, since he's been there for a game-winning play or a game-tying play. Throws it to Sutton. It was a flag, but they didn't call it. They lost the game. Now they're 0-2. Man, you're going to really see this. And Russell Wilson has every advantage right now. Look, you could say the receivers aren't great, but he's got some playmakers. Sutton, Judy, uh, the Mims guy, Marvin Mims. He had two receptions for 113 yards. He was He's a fast, speedy receiver. He's got weapons. And... He's got the coaching advantage in most of these games because Sean Payton is one of the best coaches in football, and he's just not not performing. He had the bad interception today. In the second half, he was awful, and he kind of lost the team in the game, to be completely honest with you. And I think you're really going to start to see some turmoil here with Denver. I don't think Sean Payton really likes Russell Wilson all that much, to be completely honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. He looked like they, 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 uh, they didn't get the two-point conversion to show like a coach cam of Peyton, and he looked like he could care less. He had no reaction to the flag. That was definitely pass interference or holding. He just looked there. He's like, ah, whatever. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable watching this Denver team right now. They're, you know, whether you, whatever your expectations are for them, I don't really care. They're 0-2 with two home games that they should have won. It's bad. It's bad. Let's talk about the commanders, though. 2-0. Beating the Cardinals, beating Denver, down twenty-one to three. The enemy gets all the credit for this game. Offensive coordinator stepped up. Sam Howell, Sam Howell, six-round draft pick. I doubted you earlier in the year. Twenty-seven out of thirty-nine, two ninety-nine, and two touchdowns. That is a beautiful game from Sam Howell. They ground, they ground and pound with Brian Robinson. McLaurin had a good game. Commanders are two and zero. Washington Commanders are two and zero, and they host the Bills at six and a half point favorites. So it's interesting. Bills are two or one and one. Camares are two and zero at home with a good defense. And the early opening line is six and a half for Buffalo. Great game from Washington. But at the end of the day, Denver just didn't get the job done. Giants, Cardinals. So the Giants, it's interesting watching the New York Giants. They started this game down 20 to nothing at halftime. And I was just like, 
the Giants come back and win this game? What's the deal here? They go down two minutes and score a touchdown. I was like, oh, they're back in the game. But then they give up a touchdown right back, and it's just like pointless because it basically cancels out, right? And then Saquon scores twice on a on a run and then a pass from Daniel Jones. Then Hodgins scores, and then like literally, it was just out of nowhere. Giants came back and won this game. I think the difference when you're watching with the Giants from last year to this year, why they're struggling so far to start the season, because they're one and one, they should have lost this game. They should have been 0 2, is the defense. Numerous chances to get off the field. Third down, Joshua Dobbs has a 23 yard touchdown run. Chance to get him off the field, they don't do the job. Your offense scores a touchdown to come out of the second half and get a quick three. Now get the ball back to your offense immediately. Nope. They get a four-minute drive. Marquise Brown scores. Then they locked in finally and played some good defense, and then they finally did what they needed to do and get the job done. But really, the big story here is not about the Giants going known two or one and one. It's Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was awful in the first half. Didn't look like he knew what he was doing. Threw an interception. Second half, fantastic. He was like 17 out of 21 for like 280 yards and a two touchdowns. Beautiful game. He was 26 out of 37, 321 and two touchdowns. He was excellent. He was excellent. Exactly what they needed. Jalen Hyatt finally broke the top off the defense. They need to play him more. They need to. They need to play him more. It's that simple. Let's get to 49ers Rams. Interesting game. I'm surprised the Rams really hanged it around in this game for that long. McCaffrey had 116 yards rushing and, and a touchdown. Samuel was the leading receiver. And the Rams, like, you look at this game. Stafford threw for 300 yards, but he also had two picks. Brock Purdy just did the job. 17 out of 25, 206 yards. That's how much he had. No touchdowns, no picks. As long as Brock Purdy doesn't turn the ball over with that great defense and those great weapons, they're going to win a lot of games this year. They are going to win a lot of games this year. They'll probably win 12, 13 games. I think the big takeaway is that how good the Rams played. They're at a massive talent disadvantage compared to the 49ers. And the coaching is even. And they stepped up, and they had no problem doing what they needed to do. And they played the 49ers tough all the way until that fourth quarter, and then they kind of just fell apart. Let's talk Jets-Cowboys to close the show out. Jets-Cowboys. Jets, Zach Wilson didn't play well. Is a defensive battle for the first half, and then the second half, Dallas lit him up. I'd like to say this about Dallas. Dallas is the best team in the NFC. And if you want to give me give give stuff to me about it, fine. Give it to me. I don't really care. But here's here's the thing, and it's really simple. They have the best defense, I think, compared to the Eagles, Niners, and themselves, right? They're all very close. Eagles, Cowboys, Niners defenses are all very similar. But the one thing I was really impressed by is that Dallas is going against a defense, say, in the Jets, where, yeah, Rodgers is out and he's got the Achilles injury, and Zach Wilson sucks the quarterback. They still played very efficient and very well against a top defensive unit without Brandon Cooks. That's the scary part for me. Dak Prescott, 31 out of 38, 255 and two touchdowns. Pollard had 72 yards. C.D. Lamb was 11 for 143 yards with, by the way, a really good corner duo, right? Uh, I was really impressed by Dallas. Dallas, offensively, they're good defensively, they're probably one of the best units in football. 
And then you really look at it and it's like, wow, okay, here we go. This is the moment we've been waiting for, right? For the Cowboys. It took them a few years, but I think this is the year that they're really going to start making some noise. They face the Cardinals next week, which should be a game that they win. They host the Patriots and then the 49ers and Chargers. If they can go 2-2 two and two or 3-1 and one through that stretch of four games, they should win the first two and then split the 49ers and Chargers games, or if they win all four. If they win all four, if they win their next four games, I'm, I'm, I'm marking them as the best team in the NFC. I don't really care. Philadelphia is good, but beating the Patriots, 49ers, and Chargers in three straight weeks, that makes you the best team in football. It just does. Two good defenses, and then the third defense should be good, right, as we talked about earlier. Um, but Dallas, I'm really impressed by Dallas. They got a great running game, great passing game. Dak is not really throwing the ball in harm's way a lot, at least for the first two weeks. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. Jets, on the other hand, is kind of expected. Zach Wilson didn't play well, but the defense played hard out. They almost had a pick six from Sauce Gardner. Zach Wilson had three interceptions. They need a quarterback, right? Obviously, it's kind of simple. Okay, that'll do it for the Sunday recap. So that'll do it for today's episode of the Shaq Sports Talk podcast. We got a Monday night football game between the Browns and Steelers. I will give you my picks on that game tomorrow on Monday, probably Monday morning. But that'll do it for today's episode of the Shag Sports Talk podcast. The Shag Sports Talk podcast is out.